Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Andrew Dorowski from the Protagonist Podcast and also Disney Animation Minute Essentials. Cool. And today on Man of Steel Minute, we are talking about minute number 40. And the minute starts with uh, Cal is able to uh, gain access to the ship and by entering the command key stops the attack from the Fortress of Solitude robot. Um, And then the minute ends with Cal-El examining some life pods on the ship. Um, So yeah, as soon as he puts that command key, it finally understands that this guy does have access to the ship yeah so the robot stops attacking um which now thinking about it i feel like the reason that robot attacked him was we were talking last time we talked about like how did he get into the ship maybe he did break into it and maybe that's why it saw him as a threat and not just be like yeah, even though you're Kryptonian, you still busted through the door. <laughs> so that's why yeah, I got to I got to like subdue you. Yeah. Um which is cool. I I do remember watching the the special features of the DVD uh on this and I remember like the whole robot restraining him was was a guy in a green suit that was just like holding his arms back and <laughs> like he was he was like muscling around so it's good it plays you know it, it, they did a really good job in post to, to actually make it seem like the robot had its mechanical whip uh you know good mm-hmm. on him but uh it's really good that it added that resistance like it goes back to saying how snyder said anything that they interact with they want to they want to yeah. use real objects if, and it, if you can do it practically do yeah. it practically and then touch it up with cgi later yeah so i mean it, right. it, it it definitely shows that there's resistance when he's wrestling this robot so again good good job <laughs> so i did some research between minutes to to try and figure out what uh the scout ship's number might be significant of mm-hmm. uh it yielded no results the fortress of solitude wasn't created until june 1958 oh and I couldn't find anything that was like March of 1944 <laughs> specifically. Oh well, huh? That, they that was issue issue seventy of Action Comics. Superman takes a holiday. Um, <laughs> that's what came out that month. But all right. that's all I got. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, yeah. I'd have to go flip through the prequel comic again. I don't know if they touched on it at all. Um, if, if there was a little note about why that number. I'm a fan of of any number in a movie being significant of something. Oh yeah, yeah. It seems like it's the it's it's kind of what we've noticed, especially with the with the next movie. Um, it feel, seems like everything has significance. I feel like it's got to have significance because like everything else has names or numbers that like associate to something else. Like it's it's just Easter egg stuff, you know. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like it has to be something. Maybe something with Supergirl. Or maybe something. Maybe maybe we need to look at Superman like our like Action Comics three forty four. Yeah, that's actually what I'm just I'm just pulling that up on my phone to see <laughs> uh, when that came out and stuff. It is Superman's Nightmares and Dreams. Um, that doesn't sound no. too bad as a connection. Uh, that's December sixty six. So. 
it's not it's not a fortress of solitude one either not a date <laughs> uh, it's all right someone will find it and, someone will and make us, us feel yeah. uh, silly for not realizing it um or maybe we're just completely wrong and we're trying to make things happen <laughs> um so but also in the scene we're introduced to uh an old friend oh yeah mr russell crow returns Ghost Jorel, yeah. as Ghost Jorel, cybernetic ghosts fighting around the scout ship. He, why doesn't he just like come out and talk to him? <laughs> yeah, like I why said, like he was playing hide and seek. We just watched. Here. I was just like, God, he's just such a tease. Like, what do you mean? Like, unless you're leading him to the Liquid Geo room, that's like the giant movie screen of Liquid Geo. I guess that makes sense, but but it'd still be easier to just say like, follow me. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sort of like don't freak out. Sounds. But I'm not a real person. But you need to follow me. <laughs> well, yeah. This is a crazy scientist personalities. Yeah. But just like, is that you think that's like his personality? That's like, oh, I'm gonna like bait this guy into following me, or is that just? Is it the computer that's kind of generating yeah. that? So the computer's just being really. A computer would lay it out for you, man. <laughs> a computer would be like, yo, that's follow all program. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> i see you're discovering yeah. a new kryptonian ship click me if you need some help <laughs> yeah follow me to the path of success is what yeah. he's saying yeah especially because like it knows who he is <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's like at that once he plugs in the command key like at that point it's like okay this is your ship like you you're in 100 percent control this is it yeah i don't i don't know why it's weird ghost jor-el for so long before he starts getting answers and jor-el knew that he had to take this key and use it on a scout ship was that like i did they did they know that scout ship was there yeah i think so because that car is around yeah Jor-El's, i think Jorel. Yeah. okay yeah yeah i think Jorel. Um, but maybe he had to convince lara because she was like yep it's where you said it would be yeah i think like the two of them were the only ones that knew that that scout ship actually crash landed because maybe it had to deal with them being family and you know they were probably okay. probably like I, what happened sure, to Kara. i'm pretty sure all of or, or, or at least they picked that one because they're like that's our family scout ship we're gonna send him to that planet yeah i'm pretty sure they you know that scout ship was lost and then Jorel got the notion that it was on this planet and so he was like that's good uh, he was like, Kelex, find me that planet. And then she was like, you're right, we found it. And he's like, cool, I'm going to send my kid there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd take all that. Yeah, and then he was like, here's his command key. I'm hoping this boy finds that ship and uses it. Because otherwise... <laughs> okay, so then it kind of begs a question. Do, if you put that command key into any of the terminals of any sort of Kryptonian technology, is Jor-El's consciousness going to appear, or is it only in that scout ship? We do see later on the film that the command key gets put back into the, the, the space pod, the, zero. the baby baby crib space pod, or whatever we call it. But, but it works in the Black Zero, and it creates Ghost Jor-El. Yes, exactly. And, but it, it doesn't create a consciousness, nor what we know from uh, previous Superman you know, stories where... He gets taught by all these things, like the crystals and stuff. That's how he learns right. everything about Krypton. But like when it puts into the into the baby crib <laughs> spacecraft, it just activates the phantom drive, and that's the only thing that it does. Uh, you know, yeah. It doesn't seem like why doesn't Jor-El show up as a consciousness in in that in, in the plane? Hold yeah. on, 
One second. So what if so the command key has an AI version of Jor-El? Yeah. Yeah. Was that so maybe he was with him the whole time. Like in like you putting that into the baby's spaceship, he's now that AI is now piloting that spaceship. Um, I don't know if it was piloting because it seemed like they had programmed coordinates already. But wouldn't it, so, but it would still be active. Like, wouldn't it be like kind of, um, I don't know. I feel like. I don't know what the capabilities of the baby pod are. I just feel like if you put that command key in that, in that pod, it's, it's gotta be in, in like in use. It kind of has to, it's plugged in. So I feel like that that does something and i feel like the whole command key is this artificial t- intelligence of jor-el yeah um so like it begs a question if clark didn't wait till he was 13 or now oh man see when <laughs> going back a few minutes when jonathan mm-hmm. kent gives him the command key to begin with wouldn't your first thought process to be let me find the access point in this spaceship and plug the command key in and then wouldn't Jor-El's consciousness show up just around the, the barn teaching him about Krypton for, I don't, you know? I don't think the pod has, like, like holographic projection capabilities, Okay, though. so, like, it only the, has a The pod a is pretty drive. much the engine and a, a baby space. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we, we thought about, we talked about that earlier in minutes where he just had the, what was it, uh, the, the prototype of this pod. And it's he just, just retrofitted, yeah, yeah, and he just retrofitted a crib to it. So it's like, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, th- I believe you're right. It doesn't have holographic projection. Yeah, so I think I think I mean there's other versions where there's stuff in the ship that does give him messages. I think in this version they're going with the message was on the the key thing, and he would only ever be able to get all those messages if he found um, that scout ship. Yeah, a a scout ship at least, yeah, like a terminal. Yeah. to use it. Yeah, it, it, like it it maybe could have worked for um, if he had just found any Kryptonian ship or settlement. And he was counting on him wanting to find out his personal history. Yeah, that's just, again, putting a lot of faith into this kid that was just born. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he definitely planned for a scout ship with a Genesis chamber. Jor, are you crazy? So, I mean, yeah, he's got, maybe he just covered all the bases. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. He's been, he's been programming that key for like 20 years, re- recording different things. and. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just have all conceivable outcomes just at the ready. Yeah. And it's Jor-El's AI that gives Kal-El access. It was basically like an like an override. Yeah, he, he has to, like, process and then override all the systems. Mm-hmm. Cool. And those are those are hollow projectors that are, like, just making him, or... Yeah, well, we see it. Like it's built so. into the ship to just kind of, like, project him. I assume it's just in the ship. I don't think it comes from the command key itself. Yeah, I think it's in the ship. It works kind of in tandem. It's like, okay, the command key has a hollow projected consciousness, uh, and then it has to be compatible with a terminal that can project those consciousness. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe all Kryptonian big ships like that, warships, have that uh, thing, unless it's like, you know, an attack ship that doesn't need it or, you know, the baby space crib that doesn't need it. Yeah, it'd be different if we had seen Kryptonian technology demonstrate, like, holographic projections otherwise. It, everything else is, like, liquid geo, so... That's exactly what I was yeah. about to say. I was like, I feel like he should have been made out of liquid geo. Like, it's yeah. almost like... Well, I understand why they, you know, they had to get Russell Crowe to look like himself, so... Yeah, but 
it, it may have worked better story-wise and technology-wise if it was, like, a robot projecting Jor-El out of Liquid Geo. Exactly. That should have... It should have been that. Um, like a security robot that would just constantly have to be around that kind of R2-D2 himself or, on it? Or even if he was, like, in the wall and, and could move around, he was, like, projecting out of a wall with Liquid Geo? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or he would just... Yeah, so, <laughs> I feel like the robot should have opened up as Jor-El, or it would just be Jor-El made out of Liquid Geo, so it just looks all metal-y. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Metal, metal Mario, metal... Me- I was gonna, yeah. Yeah. Metal Mario. I mean, we, we saw that with, with Laura before, where like, yeah. they were having a conversation, and she projected yeah. uh, on, on Liquid Geo, so they definitely like have that system in place, um, and I feel like that would have been a little more consistent. Like if they would have kept like a like a Keylor Keylex kind of robot that had that Liquid Geo FaceTime and yeah again Russell Crowe still needs to get paid as an actor so of course yeah they that's why they did that yeah yeah, yeah. I think um, and it, it works fine I was just like realizing as we were talking about it it's like oh wait I haven't seen a hologram before on Kryptonian tech so far yeah and I don't think I don't think we're ever going to <laughs> I think that was like a one time thing and I I feel like it breaks the technology a bit like um it kind of uh, makes liquid geo obsolete yeah i just feel like well okay then everyone should be doing that yeah so i feel mm-hmm. like there is but they also have weird like unconscious dream conversation technology where zod can do yeah. this whole this like very important conversation and uh demonstration of things in Kal-El's dream so that's kind of weird and they say that they did that to Lois as well. Yeah. So there's some weird Kryptonian technology that isn't, like, established. Liquid Geo is, like, the most established one that they have throughout everything. It's Wait. the one that stays consistent. Wait, they yeah. did... Which, which they should actually name in the movie. I wish they had. <laughs> they what did you... what to Lois? Same kind of mind-reading dream sequence they do a, thing. They do, like, a dream conversation with her. They say, I watched it last night in preparation. <laughs> Oh yeah, I haven't seen the rest she said, of the like, film. They, they did something. They 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 like were in my brain. Huh. That's how they learned. Um, I guess who he was. Yeah, who he was and his relation to the Kents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or at least part of it, because some of that was in his dream. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it showed the farm. But maybe they got more details from her. Yeah, her being a reporter and and everything like that. Cool. I totally forgot that part. Yeah. Um, I bet that's why they picked Metropolis was because of her. For the dropship. Or for the for the terraforming. Uh, but, but what's the what's the relevance of Lois Lane to, to that? Just just that, like, Metropolis is the great city. And so okay. it's like, we're going to destroy the great city first. It'd be okay. like Kandor being destroyed on Krypton first. Yeah, yeah. fair you, enough. You would yeah, want to exactly. take out the, the biggest... It's, it's, a, it's a very Independence Day kind of... Yeah. The hub, and so that's hub. probably what they learned from that is like, oh, like Metropolis is the the city, yeah, or yes. something like that. No, I, yeah, I I, I'm I following agree. it. I get that. I, I I'd go for that. Um, I kind of had a note here again on these Fortress of Solitude robots. They look a yeah. lot like, especially when it opens its flaps. In the, I think in yesterday's minute, but it looks a lot like that uh, precursor to the face sucker from prometheus that kind of had that those f- wing flaps on its face and uh, it's again really creepy alien-esque 
I get yeah. a big like hooded cobra vibe from them. Yeah, because they do that like that hiss and sizzle thing. Yeah. So I get a snake vibe. Yeah. Again, it, it's creepy. It works. It's yeah. It's 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 frightening. Yeah. It's like that would terrify me. You know, it's just like it's awesome. It's cool. <laughs> it's better than just like if it was like charging up some sort of alien gun. Would, yeah. That would seem super campy and sci-fi. Yeah, right. having having that rattling and everything yeah. gives it more texture and everything. It makes it feel real, um, which uh, reminds me. So Lois um, climbs up into the ship. So is there a ladder? Like, this is more about the ship entry. Like, did he bust something open, or is there a ladder or some stairs? Because she like places the camera yeah. up top and then finishes climbing in. And so I'm still really w- confused about like the entry access to this ship. Yeah, like did she? follow the same route as clark or does she i'm sure she had to right because she sees the port and the same robot yeah i think it's i i I think he probably had like some sort of escape pod access point that he either ripped open or just it was already open itself and he kind of maybe he was like able to like leap into the scout ship and she i mean obviously she can't leap and she she has to like she she climbs she climbs in Um, okay and then we see her doing some more uh, Pokemon snapping. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the robot um, is is on on camera. Yeah. <laughs> is the robot freaking out at this moment? No, I no, think no, it's, that's, I think it's, that's, it's starting to make the noises. It it reacts to like her being there. Yeah. yeah. It's starting to give off that kind of hissing and, mm-hmm. and rattling. Yeah, and she knows it's reacting to her. Yeah. And then and then uh, Clark is at the life pods. Yeah. yeah, which is again bringing back to. I don't think we see the the open one in no, this movie. I think it's the yet. next next week um, that we see the open one, but it cuts off right there. <laughs> yeah, these uh, these are the life pods that that open up a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it almost seems like Clark's kind of understanding that they were life support system pod kind of cryo pods that he saw. So like, if unless he you know hasn't hasn't watched any movie <laughs> that has yeah. those kind of things but it kind of seems like he's he's understanding exactly what those are so again he's trying to think i did have uh, you know an existence of other people yeah are I there other people. people in in the pods or no well devm killed them while they were all in cryosleep and and kara kind of woke up from it and was able to escape so maybe there's maybe we're just not seeing like the you know the energy blaster shots or anything or broken glass where he could have like strangled them ripped out their hearts mm-hmm. or i mean or maybe he just like changed the settings yeah on on the pod oh yeah to like like so cut off life support yeah okay yeah. that probably makes Don't sense they do so... that in like lost in space or something yeah the, i mean that's a pretty common sci-fi if there's a life support pod there's a good chance that somebody has a button on there that can tweak some stuff yeah which I don't know why they would program that in. <laughs> like, <laughs> make their pod toxic now. Yeah. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so this, like, when I first saw this film, and not until doing this minute by minute ordeal, did I know that Cara Zorel was really, like, uh, a possibility. Like, I didn't even know that was, like, part of the story. Yeah. I think it was, mm-hmm. always, like, I always thought it was just, like, speculation. Like, oh, that could have been where Supergirl comes from, or. But it was in the 
like the prequel comic yeah i thought it was all speculation i didn't know there was a prequel comic that like confirmed that she was part of this universe and stuff like that yeah. so um i'd have to get my hands on it because i really need to read that because i just like because again now we have to go back to so they got off the ship as soon as it crashed so why is this ship being found now and because it took twenty thousand years to repair itself and yeah it was under ice but why didn't they go back to it or where are they or like where is that the the lone survivor and that's what i'm saying i guess they just died because i feel like this minute and then the next minute we have with uh your brother your cousin yeah joseph my brother my brother Uh, joseph because then we're gonna like these are the minutes to talk about this now like what happened yeah (laughs) and so i think by the time we we talk to joseph like one of us needs to have this comic and we need to like (laughs) yeah talk about it Hmm. um amazon two-day shipping (laughs) can we say that can we do have to cut that out (laughs) no i thought well you said amazon i was like that, I thought it was going back to like the creation of the Amazon race and the oh no <laughs> thing oh, about no, the internet no, no, no. site you know <laughs> he's just trying to order stuff <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh yeah cars are like started the mascara there we go Which man that'll um, I mean if that's the whole oh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I like that as much as oh I don't because it kind of just like like I said it disproves you, Greek you'd mythology. rather have like the the magic and mythology. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like it goes back to the whole DC notion of of, you know, gods and men and it's and those yeah. are the gods. And I think that works well because like in in DC canon magic can hurt Superman. Yes. It's one of the only things. And so it's nice to have it as as a source that isn't at all related to Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I just I want to know what they're going to do with it. And I hope they do do something with it. I hope it's not just like left. Yeah. You you want it to happen. You want these, these ends to lead to something. Yeah, I want it to be explored. I, like, I want more of, of all of this that we're getting in this whole chapter. Even if it's in just another comic, I'll be happy with it. Just as long as it's yeah. in a continuity. Mm-hmm. I don't have to see it on screen. I just need I want someone. to see it on screen. Not in <laughs> Justice League, just like Man of Steel sequel have have another flashback or something or like yeah because like a man of steel sequel that has him and supergirl and brainiac that'd be crazy yeah mm-hmm. um b13 event and all that stuff yeah you never know because not only do we not only is this on the earth but mother boxes are too yep so now mm-hmm. at least just one three there were three that are There's on Earth. Three. I didn't know that all three went to Earth. I thought it was just there was the in the BVS scene with the yeah. There's three of them. There's three of them. That they say that there were three missing on Earth. They think speculation. One is cyborg. Yes. One is in Atlantis, and one is on Themyscira. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Huh. But it's all just speculation right now. Yes, all speculation. Which is... We're getting there. Yeah, slowly <laughs> but surely. It'll be uh, three months to Wonder Woman. Nice. Wait. I'm excited. Um, Andrew, do you remember the first time you saw Man of Steel? Yeah, I actually saw it twice in one day. 
I went the Saturday after it opened and I, I was like, okay, I really enjoy at least some parts of it. Like I, I really liked the, the final battle, um, him versus Zod. Mm-hmm. Like it captured for me how intense a Superman battle with someone of equal power should be. And, and flying around and how difficult that would be. Like, he needs to have x-ray vision to chase Zod around the city to see where things are going. And, like, he loses track of him and he needs to be able to hear where he is. Like, those kinds of things, I felt, were captured in that sequence. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. And so I decided to go back again that same day. Yeah, because we've, uh, we've never seen a fight that involves Superman like this before on film. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not on a, not on a big screen movie, like maybe a little bit in cartoons, but this was really different. And I, I really liked that and the intensity, um, and the speed that it was happening at and, and like the power where, um, you know, they're punching each other and you see these shock waves coming off just from basic punches. Not like, not when they're hitting each other at the same time, but like every time Zod like hits him, there's a pop of, yeah. Of this shock wave. I like. Uh, I think the only time before that we've seen a Superman fight like this big, like before this film, it might have just been his fight with Darkseid in the animated uh, Justice League Unlimited, right? Yeah, there's a long one where he, but it's it's still not the same. Like doing it fast. I I mean I I felt the same way about the Battle of Smallville stuff where he's fighting Feora. Um, just like that intensity and seeing like some technique to their combat, but also just this massive speed where they're moving around each other. Yeah. Um, and every, every strike is really fast. Yeah. That's yeah. And when collateral we, damage on the yin yang. Yeah. When we get to the battle of Smallville, that's honestly like my, like part of why I really like that scene is seeing the speed of Feora mm-hmm. fighting, mm-hmm. just picking off grunts. It's like, damn that's so cool yeah and like so and then and then the like the way she uses the super um the super strength for for jumping and stuff and she's like able to aim at a plane and just jump at it yeah but still have the kind of like this elegant posture to it yeah. um i liked all of those kinds of moments and those notes and so i wanted to see all of that again which is why i went the second time that day but since then i've i haven't watched it very much um watching it last night I was surprised how much it was really engaging me. I was like doing a few other things on my computer and stuff, but I, I did, you know, for a surprising number of sequences to me, I stopped what I was doing and like just watched the movie and kind of really enjoyed it. So there were, there were pockets where I was like, "Mm, I'm kind of bored with this. I don't need this. Um, but there were definitely long stretches where I was like, this is pretty engaging. Like I, especially I think the, the combat sequences were the most engaging for me where I'm really watching and I'm really, um, you know, having the experience of of enjoying a film uh, during those sequences. But there there are a lot of other sequences where I'm like, I don't really need this particular flashback or, you know, this kind of long shot. Um, but there's definitely a lot of places where I'm, this is pretty enjoyable. I'm, you know, giving it a positive response. What, um, would, you, um, what would you say is like your least favorite part of the film? I I'd say probably the flashbacks to when he was a kid. Um I think there's too many of them and they're a little too long. Yeah. That was um, my for me, especially like the there's one where he's um probably like 13 and he gets pulled out of the car and pushed into a fence. I'm like, nah, I don't really need that one. 
Yeah. Oh gosh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. That kind of teaches them not to be a, a jerk and fight back. But yeah, I, I mean, I remember when I I said it so much, but when I first saw the movie, I was not a fan of all the flashbacks. It wasn't until I actually had to like sit down and and realize that they all fit into you know the entire yeah, story. I- I, I do like that they did something different instead of just doing a, a tracking from him landing on Earth to being an adult, that they, you know, broke it up and did these, you know, he sees a bus and he remembers that time on the bus. And so there were these, I, I liked the non-linearity of it. Yeah. And I liked that it, you know, broke it up and, and did something very different with it. But I still felt like there were a few too many and... um I just didn't need all of that. I also think the dream sequence with Zod is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely uh, an interesting bit mm-hmm. there. But but the combat, uh, especially um, with uh, with Zod, once they're both flying, I think is really intense and captures that intensity that I always imagined when reading the comics. That's awesome. It's good. Um if you had to recommend Superman to someone, what would you introduce them to first? All-Star Superman. I did that with my wife. There you go. Cool. All right. I'm about yeah. that. That's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I think All-Star Superman is, it's probably the best Superman story I've ever read. And I think the most interesting thing that Grant Morrison did was instead of making him vulnerable by taking away his powers, is what a lot of people talk about they want from Superman because mm-hmm. they like Batman better and, and no powers. He makes him vulnerable by amping his powers way, way yep. up. Cool. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, and, that's and one of my says, favorite Superman books. Yeah. Now Superman is as powerful as he's ever been, more powerful than he's ever been. And it's still interesting. So the powers aren't the problem. Or the powers are the problem. <laughs> or so he, 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 but I don't know. Like, it's weird because he's saying Superman is interesting because now I've taken his powers beyond what you're used to. So I think the key would be to make them interesting at his normal level. And I think there's people capable of doing that. Um, people just kind of forget what Superman having these powers means. And for Grant Morrison to you know do his exercise in, in All-Star Superman, it was, okay, let me remind people what these powers mean by kicking it up even higher. Yeah, isn't and saying, like... like now, now he has even more time on his hands. Now it's even easier for him to defeat foes. Yeah. Where, where is the interesting stuff coming from? Mm-hmm. And he plays on that, you know, really well for, I mean, I, I'm not even, I don't know that like 12 out of 12 issues are really great and interesting. Like the, the Bizarro stuff, I'm like, this is a little weird, but definitely at least seven out of 12 issues. I'm like, that's fascinating. And yeah. I love it. No, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, I guess overall thoughts on the, on the DC cinematic universe for you. I think it's kind of falling apart. I think this was, um, the, the, I think Man of Steel was, um, the best it had, like the most dedicated it was to, to the concepts and everything. I actually haven't seen, uh, Batman v Superman, but I have seen Suicide Squad. I think like comparing Man of Steel to Suicide Squad, I think they're like losing some traction and some consistency. There's some really weird moments in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Are you avoiding uh, Batman v Superman or? No, I just didn't get around to it. Um, I can't remember what I was doing when I came out. I think it's when I, I think that was around when I got engaged to my wife. And so I was busy with that stuff. Um, and, and we were like planning a wedding and everything. So I never like got to it. <laughs> um, 
but I wouldn't avoid it if, um, if you know, somebody handed me a copy, I'd watch it. Well, shit. Well, hey, get him a copy. All right. You, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you got access uh, to this Google but, Drive, I can send one over. Yeah, especially if uh, if you don't mind joining us when we do Batman v Superman. But yeah, I I I would love to watch it for that. Um, but yeah, it just didn't strike me. But then Suicide Squad, you know, captured my attention again with the trailers and everything, and I was more interested in that. Um, but after I saw it, I was like, oh, there was some, you know. Like the the mess they were talking about the post production was true. I can see you know oh yeah yeah evidence of the reshoots and things like that, which makes me worry about the the franchise in this current iteration um, for the DC cinematic universe. Like I'm not, like if if Wonder Woman's good, then they're back on track. Yeah, but if Wonder Woman's not good, then they're going to lose even more traction, and it's going to be harder and harder for them to to move forward um, with. With things like The Flash, which is missing a director, and um, Batman got a director, finally. Yeah. Settled on. (laughs) And things like that. But, like, seeing all that chaos swirl around it makes me worried. Um, But I want to see good movies with the characters uh, in the way I feel they should be portrayed. And so when it hits, that's good. Um, Sometimes it's going to miss. And I don't know, like... I haven't seen Batman v Superman, so I don't know if the Batman really is not the Batman I want, but I suspect it's not quite the Batman I want to see. It's not the, Um, it's, it's like one of the, when you see the film, it's both characters are not supposed to be themselves for a reason that towards the end. Yeah. Well, you you watched the film. I'm not going to like spoil anything for you. Yeah. And so, and so if, if the reason works for me, then that's one thing. If the reason doesn't work for me, then I'm like, ah, it's not the interpretation I want. And then I'll, I, I mean, I'm going to come back to him later when they, you know, if they try again, if that's what, you know, ends up being uh, the course of action. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. We I'm, really I'm not gotta giving s- up on Batman. <laughs> like, we really got to stop saying Batman v Superman when we, like, talk about the film because. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I pull away from that almost like, completely. Just, like, if, if it were just called Dawn of Justice and I say, here, watch this movie. It's Dawn of Justice. It's got Batman, Superman. Watch it's just it. a super drama that just so happens to have DC comic book And it leads up, it. well, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be your, your pre into the Justice League film. So you take it like that, it's because if you... Instead of as a Batman or a Superman movie. Well, yeah, or as them fighting, fighting each other. Yeah, like, that, that was just all marketing. Yeah, the mm-hmm. marketing made it look like something else than what the film was. Yeah. Um, definitely don't watch the theatrical cut because... <laughs> That's like studio involvement, uh, perfect example of that. Um, yeah, what happened to Suicide Squad is really just terrible editing, and, and they just gave it to... Yeah, it, it, it seems to have really fallen apart in the editing process. From, from what I've heard, there's like three different yeah, actual cuts. Exactly. It was, we were, yeah, there was three versions of that movie that everybody thought was going to be coming out, so... It was just and, a mess. And so that's a, a big mess. But if they, you know, if they nail it with Wonder Woman, then it's, you know, back on track and I'll expect more good things. But if it doesn't nail it with Wonder Woman, I'm going to start losing faith in this iteration of the DC Universe on film and I'll wait for the next one. Yeah. Hmm. Um, a little more expectantly. So it kind of depends on, you know, each each film contributes to my expectations for the next one. Yeah. I think um, I have faith in Aquaman. Oh yeah, I have. I've. I don't want to be bothered by talks about the Batman anymore because every day <laughs> someone's telling it's, me something new stuff. Yeah, someone's telling me something different every day, 
And I'm like, yo, y'all need to chill. When the movie comes out, we'll talk about the movie. But it's like, people are like, oh, Matt Reeves is out. Or Ben Affleck's out. Matt Reeves is back in. Ben Affleck still wants to be. And it's like, damn, I don't care who's telling me what. I don't care if it's good <laughs> news. I don't care if it's bad news. Everyone just needs to relax and like let yeah. like people do their things. Because I think this goes back to what we're talking about, like, giving these giving this universe some time to develop where we're quick to like because this is technically still like a phase one of the dc universe um yeah and marvel's like in their like fourth they're i think they're in phase three now or at least they're filming phase three stuff yeah so it's we're like quick to judge the development of this and it's not there yet for us to do that yeah, especially because they are building this expanded universe, which is a, a different beast of filmmaking. Um, if they were, you know, trying to make a standalone film, that would be different from what they are attempting to do. And so if we measure it by the this standalone film, it's going to fail because that's not what it is. Yeah. It's a universe. Exactly. Um, um, the only problem is there's not a lot of precedent for what making a filmmaking universe is like. And so it's getting measured against one other thing when it's really, you know, the second experiment in it. Yeah, they're like pretty much any connected universe in film right now is new except Marvel. Because the only other yeah. ones that I can think of is this, um, the legendary kaiju verse that has like Kong and Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the universal... Uh, monsters. I totally forgot about that. Oh, like but old school? Star- like, yeah. The mummy that's yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're, they're doing new. Like, with the mummy, they're planning it. Because Russell Crowe's playing Dr. Jekyll. He's going to be the Nick Fury of that universe. Oh, snap. I didn't even... Oh, wow. The, the Dracula movie from a few years ago was supposed to be, but then they dropped it, and now they're starting it with the Tom Cruise movie. Is that with Luke Evans, the Untold? Yeah. That was a legendary film, yeah. wasn't it? But it was supposed to be, like, the Man of Steel of it. Oh, man. Yeah, Universal was going to pick that one up, and then they're like, mm, no, we won't. We'll, we'll wait and do it with the mummy. As long as I see a good portrayal of Van Helsing, I'll be all right with that. <laughs> I don't really want it at all. I just... <sighs> I mean, you just it's said... It's a new the, experiment. You said Dr. Jekyll or Russell Crowe. I'm very interested yeah. in that. Because we have Jor-El here. No, I mean, yeah. I've always liked that character. Like, him and Van Helsing have been, like, the, the sidebar monster characters that I always thought didn't get enough recognition. Especially Dr. Jekyll. Like, he's... Yeah, I think I think he could be really interesting. So I'm, I'm hoping that's good. But, yeah, doing these ex- expanded movie universes is a totally new thing. And so it's hard to actually make accurate judgments. Yeah. Um, so until until probably ten years from now, when you can see, okay, here's a few experiments in it, and now we can actually measure all the films from these things. But I'm just trying to think. Well, I don't want. This isn't uh, Universal <laughs> Monster Minute, but like, where do they? What what is the end product of that? Because I know like MCU is like the Avengers. A team up. <laughs> a team, a team up, up to of... do to do what? What are I they doing? Know. Are they gonna fight? Like, or unless it was like Van Helsing Nobody taking knows. them all down one movie at a time. It's super vague. But they want to do it because that's, you know, what Marvel and DC are trying. So it's like, okay, can we do this mixed universe? And so they're experimenting. And in 10 or 15 years, we'll be able to look back on, you know, these 20 teens as interesting experiments in filmmaking. And maybe they will be really successful experiments. Or maybe there will be 
you know, two successful ones and five really bad ones, and they'll decide it's a bad system. Yeah. 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 So it's it's hard to say. I'm I'm looking forward one day to a really, really solid standalone Superman film that makes me feel, you know, all the things I want to feel about Superman and, you know, the things I get out of All-Star Superman. But I don't know when it's going to come. And maybe it's the next Man of Steel movie. I, th- I think it is. I think um, we're going to get, like, the completion of the arc of this Superman is going to happen by the end of Justice League so that when Man of Steel sequel comes out, like... You get an established Superman, it's settled, it's there, it's ready to go. Yep, exactly. And I, I hope that's the case. That way we can actually care about him being classic Superman. See, I feel I still feel like we need a we need more of, of the doubting of this character. We need more of, of everybody against him. I don't know why, I've just always I've always liked you like that. It? I always especially <laughs> in this universe, I it just seems so real. Half of the world likes him. The other half of the world is terrified. And that's just, there is no unison. I love the character to death. Don't get me wrong. And I love, you know, a yeah. good classic <laughs> Superman that's that's good without the whole boy scoutingness of it. But still, I'm so intrigued by the hate that half the world sees about him. And, you know, Lex Luthor's mindset. You know, you know what I think? I think we just need more movies. Just in general? That's what we need. J- just more of of these comic book characters or the characters that we love, you know, more often, more movies, more frequent. Let's get enough of them. But they, I feel like they, yeah, they need to be more experimentational. Experimental. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Words. They need to be more. Yeah. Just. And yeah, like, like go, like take the chances and see what works and then make another one and take more chances and see what works and then go make another one. And like just get it going and make it happen and let's see what sticks yeah um you're not gonna poison the character outright you know superman's never going away yeah people will still buy tickets to the movie and i mean like a bad james bond movie doesn't poison the character so just yeah exactly i mean like with james bond if there's a bad james bond movie you just hope that the next one's gonna be good like in my opinion quantum of solace was terrible and then, you know, you, you go to Skyfall. But then, but then Skyfall's pretty good. Yeah, it was decent. So, like, it, it kind of was just like, uh, they, they missed the mark on that one. Let's just try, so, try it again. Yeah, I think trying to make, you know, the greatest movie ever is the wrong way to approach it. I think you just need to, like, okay, here's our Superman movie. Here's what we're doing. Let's go for it and try. And then you make the next movie. And you make the next movie. And you make the next movie. And don't pin all your hopes on something. Don't, you know, lose faith if the reaction isn't what you want like go try again yeah like what people might see as a failure for a superhero film leads to a better superhero film like yeah there were bad spider-man films and bad captain america films and those and then we got like bad batman films yeah and then we got like sam raimi spider-man and then you know we built on top of that and like we've never seen a green lantern film so when it came out it wasn't good but now they can correct that yeah when they do another one and build a new one and yeah. we got a bad American Godzilla film in 1998, and now there's a good one. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think they need to, like, close the the time period between your experiments, and it's like, we'll just throw it out and, and try again and try again and try again. Why should, why should we feel the need to take breaks between superhero ones? And the James Bond ones don't have, like, a, a canon and a carry-through plot line that's perfect. You just take little elements. 
and don't worry, like people cover up the continuity errors. Yeah, yeah. I think another good example. As long as you don't ask for them to believe this continuity is pure, then they'll get over it. Yeah, I was gonna say another good example is Captain America because the first one is not great, but Winter Soldier is fantastic. Winter Soldier is a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to see where things go. Exactly. Me too. I'm I'm not giving up on DC movies. Like, I'll see them. It might not be right away in some cases. Yeah, on, I, I think what it's... I hear and, and what friends and family tell me. But you know, I'm still going to go see movies. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm I'll, I'll support it. Um, I don't I don't blindly support things that are bad. Like I understand. Like my love for DC doesn't stop me from realizing that Suicide Squad is a mess. So. Mm-hmm. My love for DC isn't, like, I don't want people to think of me as, like, oh, you're just, like, saying Suicide Squad is amazing. It's like, I don't think it's amazing, but I still love DC, and I'm still excited for the whole universe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a strong believer of, especially with Connected Universe, that certain events and certain, uh, you know, things that occur, actions, and stuff like that, like, what was it, Suicide Squad, we saw kind of magic and that was like yeah the introduction of magic so like that's going to play a big deal later on and just because of that one instance that we saw so and uh yeah like my my rating of suicide squad is that it's a bad movie with good parts in it like there's only there's like things here and there that you're like that was that was cool i I like to see more of that yeah yeah um, you guys are going to have a rough week next week because Joseph is not a fit, not like a big positive speaking fan of Man of Steel. That's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, I we mean, let, that's what we want. Yeah, we're looking so, forward so you're going to get some, you're going to get some pushback. You know, Just warning you. That's good. Right. For, <laughs> that's good. We're looking forward to stuff like that because, um, um, we, we, we kind of look forward to some confrontation because we, we, okay. we like to debate about things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll get some of that next week. <laughs> yeah, cool. Good deal. Um, Andrew, where can we find you? Uh, the protagonist podcast, that's protagonistpodcast.com. And also Disney animation minute essentials is the podcast I do with my wife where we're going through Disney movies one minute at a time. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us this week. Oh, it's been fun. I enjoyed it. it. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. And I thought these minutes were really, really cool. So um if you love what you hear guys don't forget to rate subscribe and do all that don't forget to check out andrew's podcast protagonist podcast disney animation minute essentials and yeah we'll catch you guys next week here on dc cinematic minute